0: hello hello you guys and welcome to the embody your soul podcast i am your host alexandra shelley also known as the modern medium and your intuitive bestie on the embody your soul podcast the mission is to step into your divine self to remember who you are to remember your divinity through beautiful, intimate, wise connections and conversations with my me, myself, and I, along with beautiful experts, thought leaders, practitioners, practitioners, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, with practitioners and really incredible humans that are changing the world and impacting lives. Oh, apologies. I have had rough time adjusting back to California and Pacific Standard Time. I was abroad with my family and jet lag, you guys. I usually am not too bad, but holy cannoli, this jet lag has been a real one. Anyways, I am very excited for a few reasons. Number one, this guest is absolutely amazing. I have been following him actually for a couple years now. And to have him on the podcast is so exciting. And I had the hardest time trying to boil down what I actually really wanted to talk to him about because he talks about so many things. And I was able to really boil down topics that I believe are really beautiful, really relevant, really powerful. Have also not been discussed on this podcast before. That was kind of one of the more important things for me. I really wanted to make sure that this conversation was fresh, but also I've been kind of giggling to myself because of course with the podcast, this is conversations that are for you, that for are for everyone, no matter how many people listen in. But at the end of the day, my podcast is also selfishly about what I want to know, who I want to talk to, and of course, everything I want to know and everyone I want to talk to are, of course, relevant to the work I want to do and the work I seek to bring out into the world. Second, I do have a couple of important announcements. So... As you know, I had a whole podcast episode on it, and I was talking about it a lot. However, your match goals fuck my nine-week group program. Two things. Number one, that will be postponed for now. Stay tuned for the dates. I am really readjusting with a lot of big changes in my life, and also I'm Really honing in on how to make sure my business is beautiful and focused and potent, not only so I can serve from an incredibly grounded place and focused place, but also so this business can grow into what it's meant to be. And also, number two, with your magical as fuck, I will be the sole teacher and practitioner for the course. Kayla and I, my beautiful sister and best friend, we had a really meaningful heart-to-heart a few weeks ago, and we really realized, listen, I think we're actually better as best friends. We're better as sisters, and this program, no doubt, is meant to be in the world, is meant to be shared, and I am taking it on, and I am so excited, and they're... uh, I love teaching. I love coaching. I love helping you all integrate these practices. And no doubt Kayla will be coming in as a guest facilitator and guest speaker. And she is not a stranger by any means. So I'm really, really excited regardless. And with my business, I am working with a really beautiful, powerful business coach who is really helping me again, build so much strength and focus and clarity and also agility in my business. Again, I'm able to serve you from such a beautiful, strong place. You are going to see some beautiful changes here and there. Stay tuned. And I'm just really, really excited. I'll keep it at that. Now, without further ado, which I don't know why I just love that phrase. Let me introduce to you Atara Valentine, and Atara is a certified hypnotherapist and embodiment coach with specialized training in transformative breathwork, inner child healing, emotional freedom technique, EFT tapping, trauma recovery, mental and emotional release therapy, neuro linguistic programming, PTSD, cancer, law of attraction, immune disorders, and body image. Simply put, Atara says, I teach people how to be themselves. Atara has developed an incredibly grounded and pragmatic approach to personal growth and leaving his clients empowered and regaining trust in themselves through a process of conscious and subconscious cognitive reframing. He uses cognitive techniques to disrupt negative patterning, raising awareness through mindfulness and integrating new perspectives. Into subconscious using hypnosis. Atara has created a successful wellness brand called The Seed Level that allows clients to do their own transformative work without the need of a one on one session. Atara teaches proactive change and views self work as a learning process, not a healing process. He also says healing implies there is something inherently wrong that needs to be fixed, it is outdated and shaming. We are all whole human beings, and some of what we learn in life is working for us still, and we get to keep those things. Some of what we used to learn is now actually not working for us and is holding us back. And those are spaces we're going to focus our attention and learn our way through. Our individual power is always inside of us. Atara works with clients through one on one and group sessions and has launched two workshops this year. You could focus on your personal growth at your own pace. Oh, my goodness. I just adore Tara. Like, what an absolute king. And I'm just so pleased with the topics I chose to discuss with him. They're incredibly powerful. We also expanded on other aspects when it comes to being a practitioner, when it comes to being your own advocate, taking care of yourself, and it's just beautiful. This episode is really powerful. This is one I am really eager to listen back to. And at the end of the episode, Atara gives a beautiful gift to the beautiful listeners. And I would not walk. I would run to that opportunity. His work is so potent. His work is so powerful. Even just following him on Instagram and receiving that magic is Is so beautiful. I just keep saying beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What a beautiful soul. What a beautiful man. Anyways, let's get to this episode. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. And Atara, I'm so excited to have you on. Like the conversation pre recording, like already so giggly and silly and so great. So thank you so much for taking the time. To sit with me and chat with me, and I'm so excited to just pick your brain.
1: I'm so happy to be here, and and like <laughs> kind of we said before we even started this. I I mean, it's all we already know it's going to be fun, and we're going to have a good time. But we already connected so much before we even hit record that I'm excited to see what happens now that we are actually recording. Yes.
0: Great. All right. Also, we both. I'm so excited to wear my black tank yeah <laughs> <laughs> we get it we were and, on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so i know i know you're down for this question because we are deep feelers and deep peeps but the title of my podcast is embody your soul so i'd love to start off with atara what does it mean in your own language how to or what does it feel to embody your soul
1: yeah. So for me, it's interesting because to, for starters, I can say that I never actually did that for the majority of my life. If anything, I learned to reject the most authentic parts of myself right, in order to connect with other people. And so much of the work that I do with my clients now and obviously with myself, which is how I got here in the first place, is understanding what those parts are and learning how to love them and learning how to highlight and, highlight and showcase them in my life. And for me, that's really embodying your soul. When you start being able to communicate and mediate with your own feelings and your own internal perspectives of the world and trust that those are more correct than the things that you've learned to the point that you can hold space for them and allow yourself to explore them until you're comfortable enough to lead with them and let the other things fall off.
0: Oh, sorry, I I mute myself. So then I make like noises and I clap and I'm just like, mm. and I'm like- Listen, oh, yeah.
1: that's okay. Let that happen. This is your podcast. You're allowed to make whatever, to embody your soul. Literally, you make the noises as I'm talking. It does not matter.
0: <laughs> oh, Thanks. You know what? You're giving me permission. I love it. Okay. So I got my bullet list and I'm just gonna, part of me was like, oh, meme will just bounce around. I'm like, no, 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 no. ADHD brain, let's do this. Let's go down the list. So, um, I loved the little series you were doing on your Instagram when you were talking about daydreaming. And I so resonate with that because, again, I'm ADHD. I've dealt with anxiety, depression, and I'm a Pisces. I'm like, get me those fantasies. I love them. I love daydreaming. And I have totally been the person that you're talking to where. I feel, of course, I've been shamed for it and I've shamed myself and I would just love for you to speak on that. So what is daydreaming and why is it so delicious for us?
1: Okay, so... Well, it should be delicious for us, right? And it isn't for so many. And it was shocking to me to actually see the results uh, and the responses I was receiving from people when I started posting these. And it wasn't supposed to be a series of posts initially. It was going to be a single post. But there was such a strong reaction that really made me be like, oh, this is so misunderstood. We are so misunderstood. I need to sit here for a while. And the biggest response that I got is that people, one, were shamed or criticized for daydreaming growing up or even as an adult, or two, they thought it was a waste of time. Right? Why? Why is this our relationship with daydreaming? When we live in a society that's all about doing and achieving any moments throughout our day that we're not physically moving or intellectually moving the needle, we begin to feel shame around. So for us to just sit and fantasize about something feels like we're wasting time when in fact it's actually a natural process. And it's a natural process that has so many benefits that people should be aware of, but just don't seem to be. And from just the easiest, um, The easiest way to explain this would be it's a pause. It's a mini vacation for your brain. We have so much stimulus around us all the time. Not even talking about our internal narrative, which is also creating pressure, stress, anxiety, right? The subconscious is always looking for us to live our life, to receive the reward we were taught to seek, right so when we're not doing that that's that critical voice comes up why are you doing this right now atara this is a waste of your time you should be building your business because if you don't have that you're not going to have financial security and then what are you going to do nope why are you sitting here and meditating right now your house is messy you need to get up and do those dishes because god forbid what if somebody sees that your house looks like this and they're going to judge you and they're going to think that you're not this or that right so that's how so many of us are motivated but in these small moments we're actually getting to rest And when you're in daydreaming, your brain is going into alpha brainwaves, right? Which is where a lot of people go to with light hypnosis or meditation. Now, if we say we're meditating, we're fine with that because it feels like we're actively in control of something because we love control, right? But when it's daydreaming, it feels ridiculous, right? Or it feels like we're losing control when in fact your brain is just trying to unload, right? Your brain is taking a moment to process. And a lot of people don't understand that that when you are silent, your brain is constantly trying to rewire and rework itself to operate more intelligently right we get improved cognitive function because it starts looking at all of the information that's coming in and out throughout the day and deciding what should be integrated what do we do with this right so communication also expands in the brain in different brain regions because we're not just using our brain in the one rigid way that we've been taught to right that's important in addition to that and i mean i can go all day on this right but in addition to that studies have shown that in silence and extended periods of periods of silence in particular, that uh, cellular turnover in brain cells begin to develop in the hippocampus. That's the same area of the brain that, that disintegrates, right? With dementia, with Alzheimer's. So just the sheer act of being quiet, which is what we're doing during daydreaming benefits that, right? In addition to that, it allows us to really step into situations that are beyond our understanding, in total safety of our mind. Now, on my Instagram, I reframe this because people have such such an adverse reaction to the word daydreaming. It's childish, it's this, it's that, right? But if we called it mental rehearsal, again, now it feels like we're doing something, we're in control, Right? Either Whatever one makes you more comfortable you can do, but it allows us to step into different situations. Even increased empathy can happen through daydreaming because we can see alternative perspectives on situations instead of just deciding who someone is and why based on past experiences. So It allows us to really have so much emotional flexibility, better emotional regulation. It, am- it allows us to think smarter, for our brain to take a pause, for us to integrate on a deeper level, improved concentration, improved memory, enhanced creativity, right? Because every time you're not talking, your brain is trying to do something in the background. And that's when we tend to get those aha moments, right? Not when we're sitting and actively trying to intellectually move the needle, but when we're going for a walk or taking a shower or doing the dishes and just being quiet, we go, oh, that's the thing. Because your brain is trying to work for you in the way that it learned is useful or helpful. But we need to learn how to get out of the way sometimes and let our body do what it's supposed to do.
0: Mm. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for all of that. And even what was coming up right when you were ending your beautiful spiel is I remember how important it was to give... um, so I used to be a copywriter for advertising agencies and us, us writers would always joke. We're like, we literally need to sit by a window or take a walk because we can't just sit in front of a computer. Like we got some of our best lines, our best literature coming out of us when we just take a pause. And so even just you saying that is like, God, like it's so important in how funny it is that we would get so ashamed or like you're not working or like you're, you know, like why are you daydreaming about that person, or about that thing? So I love that. And this is kind of like a simple, stupid question, but, but honestly, how did you come to this? It's probably such an obvious question. You're like, duh, this literally might work. But honestly, it's like, how did you begin to realize, wait, this is a beautiful thing. This isn't as bad as we think it is. Daydreaming? Yes.
1: Uh, because uh, I'm about to launch a subscription model with a bunch of tools to help people ground themselves day to day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in part of doing this and just being a practitioner in general, it's so important to have understanding of how we got to be the way that we are. And uh, yesterday, actually, one of my clients uh, started crying at the end of the session. It was our second session together. And she said, I've worked with so many people And I've never felt safe and I've never trusted them. She's like, because I can see that they're unhealed. Now, I learned in my training, because a lot of people have this question, can I effectively help people? If I'm still on my own journey, if I still don't have things figured out. And my teacher said, yes, of course you can, because there's always going to be people who are a few steps behind you. Right. And while I appreciate that, that's just not good enough for me. That's not how I live my life. That's not who I'd want guiding me. And because this is what I chose to do, I also chose to really walk the walk and not just talk the talk. In doing that, that meant I had to be so reflective and really gain understanding of my behaviors, my reactions, in particular, the things that felt automatic. And so much of that had to do with I I had a very traumatic childhood, physical abuse, emotional abuse, bullying in school, right? Lots of stuff around sexuality. And it really shaped the way that I saw and related to myself. Now... If I'm coming from this inferior place, if I was still overly subscribing to people-pleasing and trying to meet the conditions that I had to learn in order to be of value, that probably wouldn't feel good to my clients because I would actually need them to reflect back to me whether or not I was doing a good job. I cannot consistently show up for them if I'm not consistent in myself. I don't like the word healing in general because I find it to be very negative and very punishing. And the first thing I say to my clients is, we're not on a healing journey here. We're learning. Period. You learned how to do some things. They worked for you when you were small. They're still working for you. We get to keep those. Some of the things you learned worked for you when you were small and now may be working against you. We're doing absolutely nothing and that's what we're going to examine and we're going to learn new ways of being new strategies to move forward so i don't like unhealed i use the word unresolved and why i think that's important is because when i'm with a client i can say to them "No, no no you're not unhealed you're unresolved there's something that you don't understand about yourself And why you feel comfortable with me is you see that resolution inside of me. So the fact that you can see it already means that you can feel it, right? You have a a slight understanding of it. And I'm here to help you understand what that pathway forward is in order for you to get to this place. Why I do what I do, it's not because I ever wanted to do this, to be completely honest. It happened by accident. I've always been this person who was curious. I wanted to know, and probably as a trauma response, why no matter what I did in my life, how come no matter how I showed up, how I tried to change, who I tried to be, it was never good enough. It was never received. I was always met with criticism. There was always something else that I had to be. I didn't realize that wasn't the right way to live. That's just what felt natural to me because that's what all of my programming told me, right? I didn't know any better. So in the process of really discovering how to live life, how to be yourself, I was met with so much bad information. I met so many predatory people who took advantage they like, oh, you need this dream correction. It's $2,500. And if you don't do this, something bad's going to happen. When I was in the lowest points of my life, right? And there's so much of that. And I started doing this because I was met with all of those people my entire life. And I came into the space to be a disruptor. And so much of the work that I do is disruptive even internally disruptive. So we can create psychological distance between the story we're telling ourselves, <laughs> right? And how we actually respond to it. To it, So that's how I got here. Just out of pure curiosity of why I was the way I was for myself through obviously education, getting my certification in hypnotherapy, neurolinguistic programming, right? Hypnosis for cancer, hypnosis for trauma recovery, inner child work, all of these things. I discovered so much about myself and I knew because of all of the mistakes that I made and recovered from, that I had a very specific and unique viewpoint that people would connect and resonate with and they do, which is incredible. And that's why I'm in this space, not because I need to be, not because it gives me anything or makes me think anything of myself, but because I just know that what I'm doing is important and is important to people. And it keeps me curious. I get to keep researching. I get to keep learning. I get to keep growing. And growth is so important to me.
0: Mm. Oh, it's Atara, Thank you so much. That was absolutely- well, Not a
1: cheesy question at all. See that?
0: <laughs> I was like, this is such like one of those possibly simple, really obvious questions. But I'm so happy I asked you. And, and can I
1: just say some something else on that too? Not to turn this into yes. a session. Nothing in life... Is disposable like that? Simple and obvious because we all know the reality is this: whenever we make a decision for ourselves, it feels like the most complicated, <laughs> multi-dimensional, multi-layered issue we've ever faced in our lives, and we have to honor that in our responses. And I can be like, "Oh, I just do it because I'm good at it," but that's not the truth. There was a lot of thought. There was a lot of energy. There was a lot of emotion that happened, changing my course of my life to get into this space. And if we can actually value how we're showing up and respond to a a question that seems simple with honesty, allowing ourselves to explore and appreciate and remember how we got to where we are right now, then there's no such thing as a stupid question.
0: (laughs) Amen. Oh my gosh. Thank you for all of that. And there's something that I just I so love what you've spoken about and something I deeply, deeply resonate with. I just became Reiki Reiki Master certified. I'm like, how do I even put it? But Congrats. And, oh thanks. And there's something so <laughs> transformative about really understanding that remembering our true self is really that we are whole. And it's so interesting how I've heard of practitioners and there's nothing like I'm not shaming them in any way. Like we're all on our energetic journey of how practitioners are like, ooh, I need to protect myself, energetically protect myself from them or like I don't want to absorb their stuff and how oftentimes becoming a practitioner and doing this work. People become so us, them, and so othered. And it's just so interesting because it's like, absolutely not. There's no need to protect ourselves. There's no need to say that we're this and they're that. It's we're all reflecting back our true selves to each other. And we're all absolutely whole. I really love what you preach. And I just really resonate.
1: I love that you even mentioned that. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you the other side of that coin also. Right. Which is the level of ego that people can uh, approach this work with. And I see it with so many people because listen, I, I do breath work as well. I do breath work in my sessions and and not the yogic breathing, gentle breath work, the kind of breath work that gets you into your sympathetic nervous system where people's bodies do start shaking and they look, they look like they're having an exorcism right <clears throat> oh, now. Here's my issue with it. It's called breath work because it is actually work. It's hard work. I teach it. I do it. I still have to tell myself and remind myself why I'm doing this when I sit to do it, right? When I lay down on my mat. But we have this showmanship that comes in the wellness industry that really disgusts me, where someone is having their own internal experience and the practitioner stands over them and is videoed and goes like, raises their hands like they're a musician, right? In rhythm with the person's undulating body, which is giving this perception that they're doing something to this person. When in reality, this person is having their own internal experience and their nervous system is reacting to that, right? And so the ego that comes to also reinforces that us and them mentality. And if you think you are any better than anyone that you're working with, you are doing them a major disservice because you are looking at their flaws. You're not just looking at right them as a human being. And when I work with people, when I meet people, when I sit across from people, I always lead with curiosity. And I have to. Curiosity, not judgment, because I want to know all aspects of this person and all sides of this person and i try to look at people every time i see them even my oldest friend as if it's the first time that i'm meeting them because i don't want to make assumptions on who i think they are and hold them in that space and we have to be so careful with that when we work in this industry and work with clients because if i wanted to do that i'd be a therapist and be like okay well you have these seven symptoms so that means that you're bipolar and so i treat you like a bipolar person and every session is tailored to that I'm not interested in that. That's why I didn't go down that route. I'm interested in understanding how you relate to yourself, where you learn to relate to yourself this way, right? To share the similarities of my story with you, to bring humanity into it so you feel less alone, so that you feel hopeful that there's possibility for you and you're not just a case or a diagnosis. So 100% agree with you. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. a freaking men. And it's... And even in realizing that, and like, I love what you said, like leading with curiosity every time and then so beautiful about every time you see your friend, it's like you're meeting them for the first time because that's how it always should be. We always assume these things just because like, oh yeah, like this is like my hundredth client. I know how it's going to go. Or like they're going through heartbreak. Oh yeah. And just eye roll and totally I've been in the position where occasionally I cover at, um, this book and crystal store in Santa Monica. And I'm not a reader there. I'm a cashier, which is so much fun. I love it. But I've been there before. And I worked there actually like years ago where I'd, you know, see people coming in wanting a quick reading and I would totally judge them. I'm like, obviously this guy isn't going to work out. You guys like, come on. Or like, why are you coming in for this rushed reading? And then I'm like, Alexandra, who are you to judge when you've been in that position, when you felt so, so desperate, when you are reaching outside of yourself and you begin to realize all along, we're all just reflecting back. And even going back to the beautiful concept of oneness, we are all truly one. Every single living thing, like object, book, this computer, you and me, we are all one and we are always reflecting back pieces yeah. of us.
1: And and here's what I want to respond to that, that exact example that you gave too, because people get so judgmental of how people show up in relationships. Mm-hmm. And the reality is this, it's not my job to say, oh, well, that's not going to work out because of X, Y, Z right? Because anything that I tell a client, they're not going to retain fully. They, I, How I work with people is I have to learn how to ask the right questions so that they get the information that they need, right? So if I was working with someone in that situation, or if you are someone in this situation with dating, what I would ask is, what part is this igniting in you, mm. right? Because There's something that feels really good in this dynamic with this person. What is it? And what is it about this person that is giving you permission to allow yourself to feel this? And how can you begin to connect and express this part of yourself and honor this part of yourself? Because the reality is if we can do that, This relationship could potentially work out if they realize that this person's not giving them anything, that they actually have something inside of themselves that's unexpressed, right? And they could maybe connect, or they might realize, oh, actually, this has nothing to do with that person. This is just a feeling that I have within myself, and I'm projecting that. And actually, I'm not even attracted to this person when it really comes down to it. I just like what I'm feeling, right? And those are the kind of answers we want to be able to land on because then we can do something. Oh, I want to feel like this more. What is this feeling? Where else have I felt this feeling in my life? What can I do to make this feeling more familiar and not something that's just activated by random people? So, there's no such thing, right, as a situation that's like silly to get into, or we should be judging ourselves. If we allow ourselves to be, again, curious and inquisitive and patient with ourselves, then we can begin to unfold the circumstances and understand what the feeling is that's actually motivating all of our behavior.
0: Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Yes, I totally resonate. Thank you. And I feel this really leads. Well, into another topic, I'm so excited to chat to you about, and I think it was just one video you posted, and I was like, "Oh, like this is major," and (laughs) I'm just laughing at myself. I'm like, "Oh, Oh, I'm such a comedian." Um, about filling in the gaps, and I thought it was so important, and it was even kind of a question I drummed up when I was wanting to talk to you about daydreaming. And even I was like, is there good and bad daydreaming? Is there a daydreaming that's like, oh, this is good and a bad daydreaming? And then I'm like, well, first of all, there's no good or bad daydreaming, but then it just perfectly leads into like what we, like how we, I guess could be really hurting ourselves filling in those gaps. So anyways, I'd love for you to dive into that and what it kind of means.
1: Yeah, so what's really interesting is like playful daydreaming, we were like we were talking about in the beginning Is something that people really judge and criticize themselves for. Yet, what is a panic attack? What is an anxiety attack? It's daydreaming. We have no fucking problem entertaining that. We have no fucking problem, right? We have no fucking problem thinking of every single thing that's potentially going to go wrong in this one variable that we don't know how to control. And we sit and we think of 9,000 different ways we're going to be destroyed by it. Right? That's okay. (laughs) Right? So... That's filling in the gaps right And if, if someone doesn't understand that concept, filling in the gaps is literally when you are deciding what exists in the space the space being the space that you don't have all of the information within this is why we're so people are so afraid to use their voice right And with my clients, I literally push them to always get the answers. To the questions that they have. Because the answers they're gonna make up from themselves, for themselves, they're not great. They're filling in the gaps, right? They're like, oh my God, I'm dating this guy and I don't know this and I don't know. Ask him. Ask him. It's that simple. Oh my God, but I feel uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable asking someone a question, then you're probably not going to have a healthy relationship, right? That's just the truth. So instead, and it could be a simple question, like are you actually looking for a relationship or are you not? But instead we're afraid of the answer because we're like, oh, I really like this person. So I'm just gonna pretend that I'm easy breezy even if he doesn't care, even though I really want a relationship and we end up getting hurt and then we're shocked six months down the road when we find out that they're sleeping with somebody else. When we could have asked a single question but we were so fearful of what the answer was gonna be because then that meant that we had to do something about it right? And the problem is with filling in the gaps is it's never for our own benefit, right? In a weird, like unconscious way it is because we're trying to protect ourselves through troubleshooting, but it never feels good, right? We always fill in the gaps from a place of our deepest insecurities, when we sit and we make assumptions about people, about stuff that's gonna happen at work with a promotion, we're not, we're never filling in the gaps like, yes, oh my God. And I bet I'm gonna go. And in addition to the promotion, my boss is gonna have like flowers for some reason because they're they're so impressed by how I show up in the office. And I bet the title's actually gonna be even bigger. They're gonna completely revise, right? That's not what we do. We go, oh my God, actually, what if they find out that I'm not even smart enough and they take it away and they that that they made a mistake and then I actually lose my job and then I, I can't support my family, and right? That's filling in the gaps. And it's always based on the negativity bias, mm. right? That's what we're doing when we're in a per- perpetual state of anxiety. That's daydreaming too, in a sense, right?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: In the worst possible sense, right? (laughs) But filling in the gaps is the worst thing I see people do. What do you need to know in order to feel safe? Because nobody is going to go out of their way to provide that information for you because they don't even know that you feel unsafe in this moment. That's the truth, not because they're trying to take advantage of you. They don't know that you're having any kind of an issue. So if you do, what do you have to ask or know to resolve this? And we're so afraid to take care of ourselves.
0: Mm. Oh my gosh. That was, as you saw, I almost like spat out my water. Like truly ask, like even asking ourselves, it's so funny. And I, what you just ended with too, like we're so afraid to take care of ourselves. Oh, my goodness. And (laughs) it's just wild. No, truly, I remember when I saw that, God, it was like a bit, it was a minute when you posted that. And it really took me into a space of how constantly and how it's such a devotional practice of like, why am I trying? Why am I trying to do this right now? Why am I trying to fill in the gaps when Literally in this moment, first of all, there's never like a present moment because it's always happening. Like we can't even catch the present moment. Totally. Second of all, it's like why do I have to know this right now? And also, why am I spending so much energy on it? What this is truly just all I know in this moment. And I think also It was something you said too, like when it was referring to a person, it's, you don't even know them. Why? Like, why? And if you need to know them a little bit more, maybe asking the question or, you know, whatever, getting from A to B is going to help.
1: But that's the thing is we don't know what to do with things that we don't know, Mm -hmm. right? What is reality? What is actually real? right? Because everyone is perceiving reality. Nobody's experiencing the same thing and all perception is projection. And we're projecting from what we know we're projecting from what our associations are positive and negative, right? So our brain unconsciously is projecting our story around us at all times so that we understand how to protect ourselves, how to stay alive, how to move forward. That's our personal reality. It's completely unique to us. And within that personal reality, if we've been rewarded for being easy breezy or putting ourselves aside or not asking questions or not standing up for ourselves, it's going to feel really uncomfortable and scary when we don't know something and we have to ask. And people, it's interesting because the kind of work that I do. That's exactly what it is. People don't even realize why these things are issues. It just feels like the truth to them. And a great way to know when you want to work with me or someone else is, do I like the truth that I'm existing within? Because if you don't, that's a great time to book a session with someone who knows how to help you. Because you can't Uh, It's not that you can't get out of it. It's that it's really complicated to get out of it if it feels true. Because moving against or going against what feels true feels dangerous to us. Mm. Even if it's taking care of ourselves.
0: Mm.
1: Even if it's getting information so that we can feel safe. If that's not what has been. Kind of scary.
0: yeah, hot damn. yeah, absolutely. And I feel like somewhat you answered it in a sense, but I guess what how could we tell our listeners if we find ourselves filling in the gaps, what could we fill it with instead? what could we Mm -hmm. do to make, or even obviously finding someone, you know, to work Mm -hmm. with like yourself or someone that could at least navigate these really complex steps that we don't know that feel huge and feel so far away from us. Mm -hmm. But I guess if in this moment, say like, they found themselves filling in the gaps, like Mm -hmm. a moment ago, like to stop themselves and be like, all right, this is how I can fill the space instead.
1: Yeah. Okay great example of this would be this. Usually when we're filling in the gaps, we're not even aware that we're filling in the gaps. We're just doing what feels right. So let's start there, right? So even being able to have enough self-awareness to be like, oh, I'm filling in the gaps right now. All of the information is not available to me. Is enough for you to acknowledge what's happening internally, Is enough to potentially lower adrenaline levels because you're coming back to prefrontal cortex, which is logic, reason, willpower, superior decision-making, right? Presence is key here because presence allows choice. We get to choose, do I need to react to this or is there a proactive response, right? That's how we actually create change. Presence allows choice, choice allows change. I say that all the time to my clients. A technique that I love to use is, well, I go through a lot with people, thinking distortions, what they are, have people understand what they are. I teach people how to go through individual thinking distortions and how to find juxtaposing evidence, right, in the moment so that they can work against what their brain is telling them is correct and what feels correct, right? Because, again, we have to learn beyond what we know. A great thing I like to do with people is use the word but, because it's so simple and it's so effective. And I have them state the issue. People will hear in their head. Nobody, nobody's going to want to go on a date with me. Obviously, that's not going to motivate us to go sign up (laughs) for online dating. (laughs) Right? I think, I think we can all agree on that, right? No one's going to want to date me. Okay, let me go put myself out there. Like, that's just not what's going to happen, right? If I were in a session, I would go into, well, why is this thought benefiting you, right? Because I approach everything that there's a positive intention behind every behavior. And if we can approach everything like that, it allows us to, again, have that curiosity and understand why we're doing what we do. So after I'll do that, I'll use this this idea of this word, but, and I'll say, okay, when you hear, nobody's going to want to date me, period, it just feels like a fact. You feel rejected before you even put yourself out there, right? No one likes that feeling, so it stops you. Now you're in control. You don't have to face the rejection from the outside world, which is actually going to just reflect the rejection you feel about yourself. That's what it is, right? because if nobody wanted to date me, I would be like what the fuck is wrong with them? I am like such a good partner. I'm funny.
0: <laughs> right? I'm so
1: emotionally available, like I'm flexible, like I always look to have a good time. You know what I mean? But
0: <laughs> me, I'm like flexible. <laughs> yeah. Been, like, oh down. no, <laughs>
1: no! Let me tell you, I I <laughs> wish I was more physically flexible. I'm like just I this year was just able to touch my toes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just scraping on the wall. Yeah. You're like finally.
1: <laughs> yeah, emotionally flexible. <laughs> I love that's where your mind went though. <laughs> I'm like I'm bendy. No, um, <laughs> so. That really tells us how we feel about ourselves, right? So when we hear this statement, and again, that statement is trying to protect you. Nobody's going to want to date you or no one's going to want to date me. Now, if we change that and we go, no one's going to want to date me, but, and I ask my clients, I want you to fill, say it out loud, I want you to fill in that gap. And the first thing they do is, nobody's going to want to date me, but, I don't know. And I'm like, listen, if I asked you right now to give me 35 reasons why nobody would want to date you, you'd be like spitting them out (laughs) like nobody's business. (laughs) Right? That's the problem here because you're overly associated to that story. And I said, so what we want to do here is we want to actually ask our brain to think for us in a way that is effective. We want to come back to logic, reason, willpower, superior decision making. You didn't even try. You, you paused for three seconds and you gave up, right? So I'll say, try again. And they'll go, okay, nobody's going to want to date me, but I'm a good person. And I'm like, okay, like, and in my mind, I'm like, that didn't feel completely secure yet, but we're getting somewhere. And they'll <laughs> go, nobody's going to, I'll say again, they'll go, nobody wants to date me, but I can be really fun. And I'm like, is that a question? Right? So then I'll say, do it again. And they will go, okay. Nobody wants to date me, but if I don't put myself out there, like I'm never going to date anybody. Nobody's going to want to date me, but there are actually so many reasons people should want to date me. Right? And something starts changing. And even if you notice in my impersonation, What happens is when we first start, they'll say, nobody's going to want to date me, but there's so much emotion and intensity tied into the first part of that sentence. And the but feels like the block for them, right? They have a hard time accessing the resource. But as we continue through repetition doing this, the first part of the sentence begins to lose the energy. And because their brain starts going looking for resources, it, it, it becomes a little more disposable, right? They go, nobody's going to date me, but like, they're just trying to get through it. And then all of their attention and focus is on the moment that they're creating that new resource or that new potential. And you start hearing their voice get more confident and you start seeing their body language change just from having a dialogue with themselves. Mm. That's how you stop filling in the gaps.
0: Mm. <laughs> I love it. No, I no. Your impersonation was so perfect. I'm like, oh my god. Um, no, thank you. So much. <laughs> I'm like I don't have words. So I'm just all over the place today. Um, no, thank you so much for sharing that. That was so so useful, and even for myself when I find myself doing that in so many so many scenarios and i love how you continue to go back to with every single topic we've talked about so far is every single time it's always making sure and doing the work so like they answer it and it just makes so much sense because when they answer it it's literally coming from them and like from their body and then their body feels the answer and it's just like the whole. The whole effect.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. So many people, uh, and listen, a a lot of my clients are therapists. A lot of my clients are coaches in their own right. And they come to me because they get very in their head, right? And they're like, they have this story they're telling. I have to appear this way in order to be effective. So the stakes feel very high for them in a session. I don't question myself when I work with people. Right? Because I'm not there to be in my head. I'm not there to think about how I'm doing. Right? Like, if that's the place that I'm operating from, I can't help people. Right? So, the reality is, if you can just stay present and hold space for people, and this goes like for dating, this goes for creating really authentic, connected friendships. If you can just be there and allow yourself to fully experience people and have an exchange within that experience, you're doing a good job right? Mm -hmm. And that's not saying when you're in your head and you're thinking about whether or not people like you or whether or not this is going to work out that you're not doing a good job, right? Because you're not really doing anything in that moment. That's actually your brain trying to protect you. You're more in like a survival mode. You're more in your automatic functions. And it's worth being aware of that because if you're surviving, like that's great. We want to be able to survive. But that's not really the goal here right and if you're someone who notices yourself in these patterns really try to just immerse yourself in the experience and let go of that voice in those moments stop looking at every situation that's in front of you as an opportunity to see what's wrong with you allow yourself to see what's right in the people that you're with to see what's right in the experience that you're with and it allows you to give yourself permission to just be without judgment and that feels good it allows you to create a sensory experience to see to smell to taste what's happening around you that's how we want to be able to show up in the world that's actually living mm but it takes the choice of deciding to be that way instead of constantly worrying about what you told was important. Yep. That's the biggest issue we're all dealing with because it feels like the truth, but it doesn't have to be.
0: Yes. Oh, thank you so, so much for sharing that. Yes, it totally, totally resonates. And I feel like this segues really well into what like another one more topic that we have time to talk about and I thought it was pretty transformative when I finally heard this from you because I know for instance like my like my family or my siblings are like oh you're playing victim and like you're you're such a victim right now And of course, it sucks because then maybe I'm like, yeah, maybe I am playing victim and maybe I am othering myself. But then when I heard your take on it, it really allowed me, again, to have so much more Mm self-compassion and like just be so much more squishy towards myself. Could you get into that?
1: Yeah. You know what's really interesting about this conversation is the two topics, daydreaming in particular and victim mentality that you chose <coughs> to discuss were the two topics that I got the most heat for on my social media.
0: Oh, right? wow. Because,
1: and the two topics that make people the most uncomfortable, right? Because we are so programmed to do and to this. And if you're not, you're not living your life, right? And you're pathetic and you're, right? And and we tell that to ourselves. We judge other people, right? We, we paint everybody with that brush, Because we're seeing a vulnerability in other people that we're afraid to allow in ourselves, right? And this is the reality. And even when I posted this, people were like, some people are just just constantly need attention and this and this. I'm like, right, but are you mad that you're seeing someone asking for attention because they know that they need it and you deny yourself that? Are you mad that someone is actually allowing people to see that they don't have the answer and that they're scared and you spend all of your energy trying to act like everything is okay. Because the reality with victim mentality is this, no one feels good in that space. No one's like, yes, I'm a victim. Yep. That's me. Nice to meet you. I'm a victim and I love it. What do you want to do to me because I'm just going to accept it because everything bad happens to me because I'm a victim. It's amazing. You should try it. Right? Like said, nobody ever. And the reality is when we get stuck in this space, it's not because of a lack of trying. It's because we've tried so much to no benefit. We've tried every single thing that we, t- we were taught we were supposed to do. We've tried every single piece of advice people have given us and it's still not working. And we ran out of resources. And when we ran out of resources and we can no longer do, which is the, the big word, keep doing. Now it feels like life is happening to us. So we do need love. We do need attention. We do need care and sensitivity, not just from other people, but from ourselves. But because for so many of us, having self-generated trust, having self-generated belief, also has negative connotations. Oh, you're arrogant, they're selfish, they're an asshole, they're so up their own ass. So we even have guilt for feeling good about ourselves. What is that? So is it any shock that people feel like a victim mm-hmm. and then they've learned they need other people to lift them up? Because if sometimes if they lift themselves up, oh, they're so arrogant since they lost weight. When people do that, right? It's a big problem for everybody. Oh, can you believe? Right. I started posting so I and, and I started doing this because I was this person who. Would judge other people. Oh my God, they're so desperate for attention. Can they post one more thirst trap? I post them all the time now.
0: Oh, post and, more. We need and you more. Know,
1: and you know why? Because before when I saw people doing it, I'm like, oh, they just want attention for their body and there's blah, 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 and this and this. No, no, no. Their body is the physical manifestation of their commitment to themselves, of their relationship to their physical well being, their emotional well being, to all of the work, and they feel pride in that. And they're so comfortable and confident within it. And I didn't understand that because I never had that relationship with my body until literally this last year. I'm posting that for me. I'm posting that because I felt so much shame around my body for so long. I didn't think I'd ever get to this place. And you can try and shame me, but guess what? It's not going to work because it just keeps getting better because I keep getting just more and more of the stuff that I'm trying to do keeps getting reinforced and stronger and then my feeding my body even better because I constantly look at my habits, and my behaviors, right? Why can't we celebrate ourselves? Why can't we be happy with ourselves? Why can't we reward ourselves for the effort that we've put in that was really hard? We're so quick to tear people down. We're so quick to judge people who do have those self-generated feelings. And then we're so quick to judge them when they don't (laughs) and call them a victim. That's a societal problem we deserve that. We all need connection. We all need to feel like we belong. We all need to feel like we can trust ourselves, like we can trust the people who are around us without being judged. We all deserve support. There's all things that, we all have things that we don't know that we feel scared about. Things that we don't know how to do. We're so afraid to share that because we're so obsessed with looking a certain way because if we look this way, that means this. It means nothing. If when it really comes down to how you feel in your life, you can't stand behind it.
0: Mm. Yay, I love every, yay, what? <laughs> 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 After like such a serious monologue, yay, i like what? <laughs> oh,
1: I love that, that was... Wasn't it should be a yay. <laughs>
0: Yes <laughs> i <laughs> I loved every single minute of that, and it's so, so stunning. And I mean, honestly, when it is such the golden nugget to existence, when you finally realize how every like how nothing is like personal yet everything is at the same time people that are tearing you down because you feel good is because they feel so shitty and then it reflects back to you like wait a second should i and it's like no i shouldn't feel shitty and it's like how? oh my gosh it's just absolutely insane when you finally recognize that it's like not about you but then Mm -hmm. how can you make it empower you and how can you make it actually work for you? Mm -hmm. And I also love that you mentioned that you post thirst traps because that's what I've been doing recently, like on my practitioner page. And I'm like, is it weird that I'm literally posting myself in a bathing suit, looking like a baddie? And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, Whoa, wait a second. This is something I preach about is that our body is the vessel. Like if you see a practitioner not taking care of their body, I am not trying to judge them, but just like that. It's hard to go hand in hand and serve Mm -hmm. someone when you do not feed your body in ways that help you.
1: You Well, this is what I was talking about with resolution, right? That internal resolution. The thing is, my audience doesn't judge me for doing that. They go, oh my God, this is so inspiring because they've been along the ride with me. Right. And I got on this journey because I did all the internal emotional work. And then one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, wait, why don't I look as good as I feel? It was the opposite for me. Right. And that's why it's been effective because I focused on the inside first. I didn't think being a certain way was going to make me feel something. I tried that my whole life and it didn't work. So this allowed everything to shift. And I just want to note on another thing because he said, everything's personal right we take everything like it's personal but it isn't (laughs) but it it also kind of is because there's a fiona apple lyric that i love where i think it's in paper bag and she says he said it's all in your head and i said so is everything but he didn't get it and i love that line so much because that is our reality right and everything is in our head and everything is personal and that's just the truth. And that is what we see reflected around us. And if we understand that, again, to circle back, if we do not like the truth that we see and feel in our life, it may be time to do some deeper work to write ourselves a new story.
0: Mm. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Tara, it's, it's this conversation has been beautiful and deep and impactful and silly and so much fun and i cannot thank you enough for making the time to chat with me and i would love for you to share with everyone how can the people find you how can they work with you is there anything that is coming up that they should keep their eyes and ears peeled peeled for
1: (laughs) yes so lots of things um My one on one sessions are booked out until January of next year. However, do not let that stop you if you want to work with me. Because I say to so many people, they're like, oh, I don't want to wait however many months it is. But I said, listen, you've been living within this story your whole entire life. What's another few months to know that there's going to be a way out? And allow yourself and afford yourself that opportunity. I'd recommend like booking like two or three sessions. Minimum. That's number one. Number two, there are so many free tools and resources I always share on my Instagram because I know not everybody has the financial um, capabilities of being able to afford a session with me. Three, there's a subscription model coming out so soon, and there are three different tiers of membership, so it's accessible to everybody, and I cannot wait for that to happen. Four, I have two workshops out right now, a trigger workshop and a mental rehearsal workshop that uses literally the your, just what is naturally happening throughout the day. Your brain states to really expedite change in the moments of the day that we're the most suggestible, morning, evening, and midday. If you're interested in those, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram. I'm happy to gift those to people uh, for free. Because, um, or I could just actually tell you here, you can gift it to your audience because um, what where I'm going with this uh, subscription model is in a slightly different direction, but these tools are incredible. Um, if you go to the seedlevel.com and click on courses, you can use code all capitals for minus sign U. F-O-R slash or dash Y-O-U and that will give you the workshops for free because... I have been very fortunate this past couple of years. My profile's gotten raised, I've become very financially secure, and that's my way of giving back and helping people who don't have the means, and they're incredible. So please take advantage of it.
0: Oh, oh my gosh, that is so sweet and amazing and beautiful. Thank you so, so much, Atara. And I'm so excited to stay connected. I'm so excited. Like, I'll be listening back to this episode for sure. And yes, I just can't thank you enough.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I had such a good time.
0: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening and listening wherever you are and whatever you're doing. It means the world to me to. Have you come back and support the podcast and listen to these beautiful conversations that I just adore having, but really these conversations that are a way for me and my work and my curiosity to reach you and hopefully impact you and bring you just closer to feeling better, feeling more at peace, feeling more joy, feeling more connected to your soul take advantage of Atara's free gift. I will put all of that information, the link and the code in the show notes. And I will also add his Instagram and his link tree so you can follow his magic and just join his mailing list and really, really stay connected and figure out all the beautiful ways to stay connected with him and work with him. And of course... Don't forget to follow this podcast, share with whoever you believe needs the magic, the love, the silliness, the wisdom, and the conversations. Make sure to give me a follow on Instagram at themodernmedium underscore, and check out my website at themodernmedium.co, where you can learn all the beautiful ways to work with me. And I love you guys so, so much. Thank you for everything. and. (laughs) thank you for everything. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for listening to this conversation. And I will catch you next time.